Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the 2019 U.S. Open from Pebble Beach. We really appreciate everybody listening. This is a great episode. We're going to kick it off talking a little bit of recap on our member guests, including a couple of inappropriate things Pat may have said to my wife, which was funny, and just recapping how amazing you listeners are and the army that came out on social media against our foe, Mark Melton. Also, we're, of course, going to get into... Uh, uh, an extensive course breakdown, some key stats, some strategy thoughts around playing DFS for the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, as well as betting outright. So your DFS course breakdown, uh, sports betting course breakdown starts at around the 19-minute mark. Your DFS picks start around the 29-minute mark. And then after that, we get into our sports betting picks and a great chunk and run segment tonight at the very end of the podcast. We do want to make you aware of our friends at Fansharesports.com who have an amazing Father's Day deal going on right now where you get 50% off your monthly or annual subscription with promo code USA if you join FansharesSports.com between now and Thursday morning of U.S. Open tee times uh, and guys teeing off. Fanshare Sports is where we go. If you're playing DFS, if you're playing tournaments in DFS and you're not using Fanshare, you are missing a major edge. So go to FanshareSports.com, use promo code USA, and for now, just for the next couple days, you get 50% off your monthly or annual subscription. It's an amazing deal. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy the U.S. Open preview. What's going on, golf addicts? It is the Tour Junkies podcast. It is the U.S. Open, our country's major championship. It's the third major of the year. We are excited. I'm David Barnett. I got Pat Perry with me. We appreciate everybody tuning in and checking out this show. It's going to be a good one. We are going to break down the U.S. Open. We're going to break down Pebble Beach, the course setup, all that fun stuff. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, DFS. We're also going to talk some betting, some outright betting, and we're going to have a great chunk and run show at the end. Uh, Pat, I just I just spent a good little weekend with you. We, we had some face-to-face, one-on-one time. Yeah. Uh, but but how are you feeling? If, how's, how's everything going? Uh, feeling pretty good, a little tired. Uh Today was a rough one at, at work, uh, hmm. but uh, other than that, yeah, I'm excited. I, I really cannot wait to get this tournament going. This I love Pebble Beach. Um, I talk about it every year when they play the AT&T here, um, and it's just, you know, it's the U.S. Open, so I can't wait to get going and uh, ready, ready for a big week. Love it. Well, we're going to spend about uh, maybe less than one minute recapping the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, Rory won. He ran away with it. Uh, our picks weren't that bad, actually. I looked at our, our pick sheet today of the guys we called out. We actually had some nice GPP calls. Uh, you yourself had some as well. Uh, but you and I both limited our bankroll. We, we were like not super excited about the RBC and we were really wanting to go extra into the U.S. Open, so we did a little bankroll management. Plus, we knew we were playing the member guest at my club this weekend, so we'd be a little bit plug, you know, tuned out. And we both spent like a quarter of what we normally do, and we both killed it. So that sucked. Uh, I mean, it was good and bad. Um, you know, good that we made some money, bad that we didn't spend our normal amount. But hopefully, some listeners had some uh, had some good action going. Rory ran away with it. Uh, we'll talk about Roy here in a minute. Any other observations there? 
No, I mean, yeah, Rory was incredible, and this is what happens with with the guy. I mean, if if he's on, he's probably yep. one of the best in the world. Um, you could argue that, but I believe he he is. Um, he's not always on, but he he definitely showed it. Uh, had a shot at 59 uh, after eagling his 71st hole, and then he bogeyed the last hole, probably trying to push it a little bit, but. Yeah, he looked good. It was a good tournament for him. I will say this um, just real quickly on the Canadian Open. I thought it was a great event this year. I liked the course from what I got to see of it. I, I like seeing uh, a little bit of a shorter course on tour, kind of like what we're going to get this week for the U.S. Open. So uh, they did a good, good, good job up there in Canada. It, it was it was a good one. There you go. It was a good episode, too. We had a really uh, had a high rating on that episode. By the way, um, if you're looking for the live recording of this podcast on YouTube this week, it would be the one week where the software really bugs out on us and it doesn't work for the U.S. Open. So hopefully we'll be back for next week's event, but couldn't make it happen on YouTube. So our bad there, but come back if you've been enjoying those. They've been pretty electric. I mean, last week uh, we actually, the, our microphones picked up a live flatulent uh, during the... <laughs> during the podcast recording and then the best part of it was not only did the microphones pick it up but the best part was just our faces um as one of us who delivered the flatulent uh you know obviously had a face and then the one that thought they may have heard something but weren't really sure and didn't really know what to say also had a certain face um it was it was very very uh it was very very entertaining so the uh the youtube videos are a big success but obviously for the U.S. Open, we're screwed. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, that was that was a good one last week for the RBC Canadian Open, and a great chunk and run as well. I, I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, we got to talk a little bit. We we had my member guest at Champions Retreat this weekend. You and I played our 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 dicks off, um, and it was a it was a great time. It was a great event. It's uh, we talked about what a, what a fun event it always is. They do a great job over there. For those of you who are wondering, uh, I know that our social media commitments uh, may have maybe may have overpromised, underdelivered somewhat. You know, we were in the hunt, man. We were so in the hunt for in this thing, it was kind of hard to like really do some social on it. So I, I, I know there may be some of you that have questions like, "Did we beat Mark Melton?" Uh, and the answer is, we absolutely obliterated Mark Melton. Um, we punished him for what he did to us last year, the sandbagging. Sob. Uh, no, he's actually a pretty nice guy. Um, he, he he became hard. He was a little harder to hate after we beat him because he was just a good. He's actually a good dude. Yeah, um, really but it was dude. Hung, hung out with us on uh, Friday night after the defeat, and uh, we had a good time. Yeah, and I will say some of the funny man. I love our listeners. Like I told the story of Mark Melton and him sandbagging and beating us, and like that we were really fired up, and you know we wanted to tear him up this this week and uh the the dms on twitter and instagram started rolling in uh, a few few comments too on twitter about mark melton and i really appreciate it. i just want to say thank you to you loyal tj listeners i want to say thank you for your support i felt like you guys were in the in the trenches with us and you know had you had you guys met mark melton you know you you'd kick him down the stairs and it felt good to know you guys had that had our back uh, some of the comments were, were, were a, little, a little out of hand. I mean, they were kind of racy. Um, one of my favorite comments was, uh, and this is just the level of things that were going on and, and the DMs we were getting, um, our boy Jeff, Jeff Wakely, who has been a TJ listener seriously since maybe our first few episodes, um, DMs us on Twitter or on Instagram and says, 
Take that four iron to Mark Melton's cranium. Ain't nothing worse than a BS sandbagger. It's justifiable homicide. Sandbaggers are the lowest form of life. F Mark Melton. P.S. Mark. Your alliterative name is terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, we we are we are so we are so lit on Mark Melton that we're making fun of the fact that his his parents named him an M name when he had an M, he's got an M and M name. Like our, our boys were coming in with all kind of stuff on Mark Melton. Uh, I really I really appreciate it. One guy said he hates sandbaggers more than terrorists. Um, so it was just great to see the tour junkie faithful come out of the woodwork. But yeah, we, we delivered the beatdown. Um, we completely ripped him apart. Now I will say it's because we played well. We brother-in-lawed. He continued to sandbag again this year, not quite to the extent he did last year, but he did sandbag this year still. Um, but we were so determined to beat him. Anyway, it was interesting. It was a fun time. We lost our flight by a half a point, um, but we finished running up. We got some money, and then the guy, the, the guys that we eventually that we lost to in our flight, eventually won the whole thing. And so we won some money because our flight won. So we actually it was a profitable week weekend. It was a, a great time, Pat. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed singing with you in the car. Um, that was that <laughs> was a lot some, of fun. We had some good moments. I, I need to go back to the play real quick. I know we're going to talk about some of this maybe in the chunk and run later, but. Um, I think the listeners would be proud of how we grinded it out. You know, we we, we obviously played we played well the first day. Um, a few mistakes, but uh, mostly by me. Um, but you know, the second day with that first match we had was an absolute grind. Probably probably the biggest grind I've ever had on the golf course, where I, I was like worn out afterwards. Um, yeah, but it was good stuff. You know, finishing second was whatever, but few shots really so that's real golf that's 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 golf for you that's what happens i loved uh one of my favorite lines of the week is um pat uh i I was we had sang we had ridden home the night before belting journey faithfully uh as loud as we can going down the road and uh and by by the way i need i think i need to clarify this i think i want to clarify this for listeners i get comments about people like telling me not to drive drunk and stuff like i want to assure you uh, i am far from at the at the illegal limit uh i I just love i I, as much as the next guy love rolling down the windows and singing it out with a bro going down the road and especially i love doing it with pat who probably is too close to the legal uh illegal uh, blood alcohol con blood alcohol level uh that i i just i love doing it and like seeing what happens with him it's just entertaining, and I know it's good content. So trust me, I, I would never get in the car and do that uh, that irresponsibly. So I, I was being responsible, although I may have looked or acted like I wasn't. Um, <laughs> but but we were right down the road, belting journey, and then the next morning we were getting in the car to go to go to go to the golf course, and the song kicks on, Bluetooth picks up, and the song starts playing. And I said, Pat, you remember singing this last night? And you were like, Yeah, I think so. And then and then Pat just goes, You know. Some people say that I don't have a bad voice, <laughs> which is a very weird flex, but it's uh, <laughs> it's totally a pat flex. I was like, with some some people say that you don't have a bad voice. So people have people have said to you, Pat, you don't have a bad voice, and and now you're now you're sharing that with me. And what people are we talking about? And you're like, well, just some people have said that before. <laughs> so, <laughs> For those of you who think Pat is like this, this humble, you know, just gets kicked around all the time by DB and just has no self-esteem. That that's not accurate. Pat, Pat, Pat likes him some Pat. A couple other highlights of the night of, of the week. 
you know, I really loved it when we were at the we were at the member we were at the celebration Saturday night. The tournament was over, and we're at the celebration Saturday night. My wife is with me. Pat's wife stayed back in Savannah, and you know, we're having a great time. Everybody's celebrating. It's we're we're having a few drinks, and we're chilling. And my wife looks beautiful. Looks absolutely beautiful. She's in this really nice black dress, little little low cut, um, and she's talking. And Pat's just checking out like he kind of does and she's like pat and he's like um kristen i have to uh i have to confess i feel like i have, I have to confess something to you and she's like what do you know what i'm about to say do you remember what i'm about to say <laughs> yeah i do and, you, and you're like uh i was just staring at your boobs <laughs> <laughs> oh i cracked up kristen was like pat why are you staring at my boobs <laughs> like Oh God, it was so funny. She cracked me up. She's like, "Okay, Pat. Well, m- let's let's refocus, refocus here. your refocus." And I just love that. I love that you, it had nothing to do with anything she was saying, and you just felt like you had to say that. <laughs> and there aren't many people, that, there aren't many people that I would let kind of say that and do that. But Pat, I, you just have that. You just have that. I don't know what it is. Like I, I just. It's like you, me, and Dupree. You know, like I'll, I'll just let you. I don't know. It's just one of those things. But it was a good. It was a good one. Um, and then, and then shortly after that, it was like nine forty-five. The party was still just going. I mean, plenty of people were there. Drinks were flowing. There was great food. The band was great. People were starting to dance. And Pat was like, "You know, you, you know what I want to do? I just want to go to y'all's house because you're spending the night with us. I just want to go to y'all's house and sit on your back porch and talk." <laughs> So that's what we did, you know, because it's all Pat. It's all for Pat. So we we had a great night. It was a great time. We'll talk some specifics here in the chunk and run. I don't want to. I don't want to bore those who don't want to hear it. But we had a couple other good moments. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit of the of the best, the best and the worst, uh, of our golf weekend at the member guest. Uh, anything else you you need to add? You feel like you need to add to that, Pat? No, that was very eloquently put. All of the, <laughs> all of the the things. Uh, it was a fun time. Appreciate being there. Champions Retreat is just an unbelievable golf course and facility. Top-notch. If you ever get a chance to check it out, you should. It is unreal. course was in just fantastic shape. Greens were a little little quick. Had, had some troubles yeah. there, but um, it was good. <laughs> good stuff. Well, you teed me up nicely for that one. Uh, we haven't talked about it in a couple weeks, but the, the, the one-day member guest at Champions Retreat is on October 18th, and my guest for that event could be a listener with our member guest contest that we're running right now. And if you've not heard about this, it's okay. You're good. You're not behind. It doesn't cost you much. It, it may not cost you anything. It may cost you something. It may cost you money. It may cost you your dignity. Uh, it may cost you to call in a favor to a friend. Who knows? But here's what we're doing. We just want to see some Tour Junkies fans get the word out, spread the TJ gospel to those who uh, who may not know about the podcast, one of the greatest things you can do for us to help us out is to tell somebody about the show, share with a buddy, share with a golf guy, you know, golf girl, somebody who loves the game, who might be interested in listening to our show and what we bring to the PGA Tour breakdowns every week, and and, and so we want to we want to reward a listener who gets really creative in spreading that message to a lot of people. So uh, we just it's kind of open ended. It's like hey. Think of a creative way that you can tell a lot of people about the Tour Junkies podcast. Direct them to us. 
get you know get get some people's attention. We've talked about you know different ideas like maybe uh, somehow getting a message on a jumbotron at a professional sporting event. Maybe you pay for a banner to you know get flown behind a single engine jet at a golf course. Maybe you wear something at a golf course that is very TJ heavy. Uh, that you don't you don't say anything like a like a doofus after somebody hits a golf shot just so people can hear you on camera. You don't do that. We're not endorsing that. Um, we've got some people who've set up some uh, some tour junkies fan pages on social media accounts. We've got uh, a guy who has printed uh, tour junkies stickers and he is literally sticking them all over the place. He's he's gone to driving ranges. He's putting them on. He's <laughs> he drove to a private club that he wasn't a member of. And snuck in and put one on a on a on a parking on a sign in the parking lot reserved for a, a member or like the head honcho. I thought it was the club funny. champion, which was even better. Club champion, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so there's a whole lot of things you could do. We want you to be creative, but you got to document it. You have to document it, uh, video, photo, whatever. Show us what you've done, and the winner we will select uh, probably shortly after the Open Championship, maybe the Tour Championship. And we are going to fly you or get you to Augusta, Georgia for a couple nights in a really nice hotel, put you up at Champions Retreat, let you uh, play as my guest in the one-day member guest, treat you to the golf course. It's the host site for the uh, inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur that we just saw in April. It's a fantastic event. I played it last year. It's great stuff. So if you want to get in on that, that's all you got to do. Just, just get creative and start thinking about it and then let us know what you do. And we're going to pick the guy or girl who, uh, well, probably guy. Wife's probably not going to let me bring a girl down here to play. I'm a member guest. So we're going to pick a guy. Um, you know, so, speaking of picking a guy, you know it would be ideal is if Mark Melton could get get on board with this thing. Oh, that's, yeah. That's yeah, that you, would be interesting. That's who you need as a partner. That would be interesting. So anyway, yeah, hop hop on that. Uh, the one day member guest contest is uh, is a good time. Again, airfare, all that stuff is going to be it's going to be banging. Um, all right, Pat. I think that's it. Let's get into the uh, let's talk about this golf course because we all know it's going to be different. It's going to look different than what we see typically at the AT and T Pro Am in February. Uh, obviously, it's set up different. The USGA's got their hands all in it. We'll see if they can't, uh, you know, if they, if they can stop tripping over themselves and screw up a golf course. But um, the weather's going to play a factor. Uh, and it's it's just a it's a great field. I love the U.S. Open. Um, it's probably my it's I guess it's my I guess it's my third favorite major, but it's very close to the Open Championship. I, I think yeah. I like the Open Championship a little more, but but just barely. I put it um, just barely behind the Open. I agree. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, so obviously it's a big week. People playing fantasy golf. People playing DFS. Big contests on DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, FanDuel. And, of course, we're betting, um, and we've got some outrights we're going to talk about. i got some matchups I want to talk about. But let's go through the DFS slate first, uh, and, and you tell us about the golf course. Key stats you're looking at as well. Yeah, so here we are. The 119th U.S. Open Championship in Pebble Beach, California. As I've said, just an absolutely gorgeous area of the country. And we are on a classic course in Pebble Beach Golf Links. We see it every year, as I mentioned, at the AT&T uh, Pro-Am, but it's going to be playing much different. Uh, typically, that week it plays about 6,800 yards. It plays as a par 72. Um, but this week will be a little bit different. It's going to have a lot more teeth to it, playing uh, just under 7,100 yards. 
as a par 71. So one of the par fives uh, out there that they usually see as an easy par five at the AT&T becomes a very extremely difficult par four. So that's one of the big things you'll note. Um, the green surface, it's going to be Poana greens. I think they're going to be running pretty quick. We know they're going to be bouncy, especially at the end of the day. So you do want to look at uh, those players who traditionally putt well on Poana greens because uh, that will certainly be important. Speaking of the greens, they are extremely small. These are the smallest greens that they will face all year. Um, and in that you know, line of thinking, if you miss the greens, you are in some thick, thick rough. We've already seen it on social media that it is, I mean, a premium to hit these greens. Uh, otherwise, you are just in a ton of trouble. And it's the same off the fairway. you got to hit these fairways. Um, if you, Some may have seen, actually, if you're on Twitter, you have seen uh, Phil Mickelson coming off his win at the AT&T Pro-Am. Um, he talked about the course today uh, on Twitter, just saying how it plays totally different, how he was able to hit more drivers off the tee uh, back in you know January or February or whenever that was, but now he's not going to be able to do that. The rough is much higher. They've tightened up the fairways. They're literally playing less than 30 yards wide in certain areas. So you are going to have to hit the fairways here. That is going to be huge. Um, this is in 2010, by the way, was the last time we played this course here, which Graham McDowell won. It played as the toughest on tour that year, and it wasn't even close. I mean, it was just far and away one of the toughest courses they played. Uh, you got four par threes out here, including the iconic 109-yard seventh hole. What a novel idea. Let's make a 109-yard par three. That's fantastic. <laughs> I think it's the greatest thing ever. Not every par three needs to be freaking 225 yards. and You got to hit driver if you're me. Anyway, um, three par fives, including the very picturesque 18th hole. They'll finish on at 543 yards. Uh, so you may see a few folks go at that one in two. Um, you mentioned the weather. I'm thinking you're, you're talking, because I haven't looked at the winds yet. I'll look at that more Wednesday. But as far as the weather itself, I don't see a whole lot of rain in the forecast or anything like that. I think it's going to be pretty dry. No, no. I think the course is going to be playing firm and fast, which is exactly what the USJ wants. A um, few other things. Top 60 and ties are going to make the cut. So, I mean, if you get six of six guys through this week, you are definitely going to probably be in the money. I can't even imagine you not being the money if you get six of six guys with so many people in this field. Um, stats for me, always looking at form. Driving accuracy, I men mentioned, greens and regulation. Definitely scrambling for the folks that, you know, if you do miss these greens, you're going to have to be getting yourself up and down. And anytime we're on a U.S. Open course, you can't, you've got to make pars. You got to, and you got to avoid bogey. So I looked at bogey avoidance as well. It's just something, uh, you know, when I'm maybe deciding between a couple people who is not, you know, getting themselves in a ton of trouble making a big number. So I looked at that also. Past champs real quick. We've got Brooks two years in a row at Shinnecock and Aaron Hills. DJ at Oakmont. Jordan Spieth at Chamber, Chambers Bay. And then uh, the suddenly resurgent Martin Keimer uh, at Pinehurst number two in 2014. Last two at Pebble Beach, I mentioned 2010, we had GMAC. Um, DJ, by the way, was second. And then 2000, of course, was Tiger winning by 15 freaking shots. Ells was second that year at three over par compared to Tiger's 12 under par. So there you go. 
That's unreal. the course Unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, obviously all of our stats come from the one and only FantasyNational.com. Uh, a new feature added all the time over there at Fantasy National. So it's like, you know, if you if you paid to join Fantasy National, you're going to get a great stat engine and some really cool tools to look at. It is the only place we go to look at stats for the PGA Tour. It's the best accumulation of stats anywhere. It's better than the PGA Tour website. But every week, our boy Moose continues to add fresh new features. One of my new favorites is uh, Alias Mode, where you can hit the button. We all know that sometimes names get in the way, right? Names can sometimes get in the way of the data. You know, you could be looking at a, at a, a Keegan Bradley and you're pissed off at him because of how up and down he's been and you hate playing him, and so, but you want to see what the stats say, you can hit alias mode, and it will give all the golfers random names, like Post Malone, Bruno Mars, Michael Jordan. They're absolutely hilarious. It's a great feature from Moose, and then that way you're only looking at the data. And then obviously you're going to switch over to, you know, see the players' names, you're going to be pissed. But great add-on to the Fantasy National site, but all of our stats come from there. And if you're not a member at fantasynational.com, I'm not sure... Uh, how serious you are about being profitable, whether you're playing fantasy golf or betting outright. Whatever you're doing, you need to start with FantasyNational.com and the research. If you're not a member, you can go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ. You get 20% off of any sub for being a TJ listener and using that URL. Uh, you get weekly memberships are $10 a week, monthly are around 30 and annual memberships are $250 for the year. And again, 20% off using the promo code, or I'm sorry, going to the website, fantasynational.com slash TJ. Um, Pat, yeah, you said it. Tight fairways, really small greens. It's not a long course. You're talking about POA, um, you know, thick rough. We've seen all the videos going around. You know, they've got like that, that first cut of rough that's okay and manageable, and then they've got the really gnarly stuff where you're losing your golf ball. Um but there will be a lot of greens missed here. There's, there just are. There's going to be some greens missed. So I don't want to really belabor the course breakdown. For me, some stats that I looked at, um, I actually pulled a lot of stats, a lot of, a lot of data, maybe more so than I normally do. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily weighing stats that much more. Um, you know, I, I, first of all, I'll say this for any, any um, maybe rookie at this. I definitely think looking at the AT&T Pebble Beach program that occurs in February where you got amateurs playing is just not worth looking at. I think that's that's noise. Yeah. So we don't I would say ignore that. So really it comes down to stats and form and your your you know course fit, your gut and if you're playing DFS it comes down to ownership and of course value is always a factor. Um, so for me but I but I did look at a couple things. I looked at fairways gained so accuracy gained off the tee, uh, which is a proprietary stat to Fantasy National. I looked at strokes gained approach. Um, I looked at uh, strokes gained around the green, but I actually looked at strokes gained around the green both in the long term, the last 100 rounds, and the short term, the last 24, just to kind of get an idea because I, I, I do think scrambling and being, being good with a wedge around the greens when you miss is something that guys are just they're good at if they're good at it. Um, so, I'll, but but they could be a little, they could be in a slump right now, or they could be just as hot as ever right now. And I kind of wanted to see both. So I wanted to see the long term history and the recent history. Um, I looked at strokes and putting on POA. I'm weighing that a little bit. I think the POA is going to putt a little different 
uh, at this time of year. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm looking at opportunities gained, which is another proprietary stat to Fantasy National showing how tight guys are hitting it into 15 feet, uh, within 15 feet of the hole in regulation or less. And then, like you, I looked at bogeys avoided, um, just guys who know how to grind their way through a tougher golf course. I think that's going to be key here. You mentioned how big the field is, uh, but there's also a ton of people in here that just don't have a chance. I, I mean, it, it, it's just kind of it just it feels a little bit like the Masters, except there's more players. Um, I think the cream rises to the top here at Pebble Beach. Um, it's a but it's a golf course. I think any type of player can win. If you're talking DFS ownership, 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 we talk about it every week. You know, six of six, you're right. I think is definitely going to make some money. Five of six could still make some money, but you better have some leverage in your lineups. You can eat some chalk, you can play some popular guys, but you got to have guys somewhere in there that can make up a lot of ground if they pop uh, in terms of ownership. So I think that's key too. All right, Pat, you ready to get into the uh, ready to get into the picks? Yeah, let's get going here. Let's start. Let's start with DraftKings. Let's start at the uh, the nine K range and above. Man, this is tough. We're, we're gonna. We're going to make ourselves land on three GPP or tournament plays. Uh, we're going to pick one cash lock, and we're going to pick one fade in this group. Um, it was tough to narrow down, but uh, I'll go ahead and say I'm all in on a guy who has seven, I'm sorry, not seven, ten career victories on Poa Green surfaces as well as a ton of success here at Pebble Beach, and that's Dustin Johnson. Uh, I'm going DJ at 11-3. Checks a ton of boxes. Um, I, I, I feel like I feel like he, I feel like I'm gonna play. If, if you're gonna play one of these guys up here in the top four, um, that are your clear favorites, and I, then I think there's kind of a line after Rory and Spieth. Uh, DJ is my guy. I think you kind of have to pick one, um, and so I, I'm rolling DJ here. I, I, I love the uh, <clears throat> I love the ability there. Sorry, I'm choking. <laughs> you you all right there? Yep. You were so excited about, about DJ, DJ that you're choked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> I get so emotional. Um, I like the fact that he played a little warm-up at, uh, at the RBC Canadian Open. It feels good. Uh, so I'm all in there. I'm going to go Patrick Cantlay. You knew I would. $10,000. I want a guy. I, I think of all the things I looked at, I do think iron play is number one. Um, I want a guy who hits it on the money every single time in the center of his club face, and that is what Patrick Cantlay does. That is what the numbers say he does, and that is what people that we know have watched him play on the PGA Tour, for, as, as some caddies we've talked to, some players we've talked to, all talk about how absolutely solid this kid flushes it every time. You know, we talked about weather. There doesn't look to be a lot of weather right now, a lot of wind right now, but we also know that can change in a flash at Pebble. And whether there's weather or there's not, Cantlay can can play in this. And at 10K, coming off a win a couple of weeks ago, his second PGA Tour victory, um, I don't care how chalky he is. Uh, I'm taking a lot of Patrick Cantlay. And then, by the way, he is my cash lock as well if you're playing cash in DFS. Uh, then I'm going Ricky Fowler. I was kind of late to mm. Ricky Fowler today as I was doing a little research. Um, but, uh, you know... He checks a box with the irons. He checks a box on courses where you kind of have to grind it out. He avoids bogeys uh, well. Finished 14th at the Memorial a couple weeks ago. Fourth at the Wells Fargo a few weeks back. Um, you know, I know he's not won the major, but uh, I think there will be a first major for Ricky. And I think maybe he goes a little under the radar for Ricky. I mean, 
I think I'm eating chalk with DJ and Cantlay here. So I, I was trying to nail down a slightly less chalky play. Maybe he doesn't, but at 9,500, um, I like Fowler's ability. I like the ability to get up and down. He's always been a great scrambler uh, when you look historically. So DJ Cantlay and Ricky for tournaments, Cantlay for cash. And uh, I'll go ahead and say the fade is Rory. Um, coming off the RBC Canadian Open, I think it is it is foolish to jump on Rory at that golf course. I, I realize both both uh, Hamilton and, and Pebble Beach are short courses, but I just think Hamilton's such an easier track. Rory doesn't do great on these tracks where you just really have to grind it out. I, I, don't, I don't think. I think he prefers a track where you can just go and make a, a boatload of birdies and just light it up. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm just not feeling it. I, I'm, I'm guessing people will jump on him. Being at 10-5, that's a pretty good price for him. Uh, so I'm, I'm out. Uh, he's not great in fairways gained. Obviously, he's going to be clubbing down a lot here. He's also not great with on POA uh, if you're looking for some stats there that don't really check out. And honestly, I mean, even the recent results have been, I mean, you know, missed the cut at the Memorial. Uh, Backdoor to a top, top 10 at the PGA. He's just been a little little sketch. So uh, I think you got to plant your flag with those top four guys. I plant it with DJ. Uh, and the only one I could come up with a better reason to fade uh, out of those top four is Rory. So that's it. Wow. So we have zero players that are the same in this oh, crowd. Oh, wow. So, okay. so you listeners are going to have a tough, tough choice here. You're going to have to try and uh... – Sorry about know. that, yeah. Yeah, sorry about this. But uh, we'll start with Roy. I actually do like him in GPPs. I mean, I think coming off of a performance like he just had, I like playing him when he's confident. Um, I haven't played him in majors all year. I've kind of faded him because he just, again, hasn't really shown us a ton in the majors and is really disappointed. But I do like the price a little better here at 10-5. I don't know when he was – I mean, he could. there's no way he's possibly been the fourth price guy in a major yet this year and in a while. So – um, I think that price is good. And, you know, you mentioned fairways gain. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily check the box, but he does check the box a whole lot better than DJ does in that in that stat category. And everywhere else is just solid. I mean, you look at strokes gain approach, he's third in the field, greens and regulation. Of course, that's going to kind of, you know, marry up to that strokes gain approach. It's, he's fourth in the field. Uh, he's second in the field in bogey avoidance. Um so I just think Rory, this, this, and the POA stats, I agree. I mean, it's something, I mean, I just said it. you got to look at it. But I could be wrong, but he doesn't play a whole lot on, like, that. you know, you get a lot of the POA on the West Coast. And you remember for the longest time, he really didn't even start his, you know, his season until they got to Florida and Bermuda Greens and all that kind of stuff. So I don't really know exactly how he puts on POA. But he had it. I don't. How did he put it last week? Because it's probably damn good. Um, yeah, he, he put it. He gained six strokes last week at the RBC. Yeah, you know, which was on Poa Green. So I like that too. The fact that he was, you know, got to experience Poa leading up into this event. Um, you know, he was low owned at the RBC Canadian. He was twelve point nine percent. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that way this this week, but. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think he is a is a good GPP play, so I will definitely have him in some lineups. Um, also, I like just above him, too. I like Tiger. I've pretty much ridden him all year when it comes to the majors. I mean, across the board, he literally – you can look at DJ, Kepka, you know, Rory, 
you know, in Jordan, if you want to throw in Jordan up here in the stats or whatever, um, over 10K. And all of them have some flaws in in major areas except for Tiger. I mean, across the board, except for maybe 46 in the field and strokes gained off the tee. Other than that, everything I looked at, every stat, he's in the top 25. That's fairways gained, that's scrambling, that's proximity, strokes gained approach, all of it. I mean, his iron play has been absolutely fantastic this year. You talked about it with Cantlay. It's the same with Tiger. And I know he missed the cut at the PGA Championship. That's fine. We've continued to get lower ownership than I thought we would get at majors from him. And I think we might get it again this week. So at 10-7 on DraftKings, Tiger will also be a GPP play of mine. And then I'm dropping down, you know, in the 9K range, and I'm going Justin Thomas. And he scares the heck out of me. Sometimes Oof. I think that's what's going to, you know, if you want to win a tournament, you got to play a scary guy. He showed us a little more last week with the top 20 finish at the RBC Canadian. He said he's healthy. I, I believe him. I don't think he's got any issues with that wrist anymore. Um, you know, checks the box. Let me ask you this. Let me, let me ask you this on Justin Thomas because I, I looked at that and – and he, he does he checks every box he really does he checks every single box um I, maybe this is just a total overreaction or i'm reading into this too much or whatever but i just i see those you know i see the videos of the rough out there like the nasty stuff H- how is he going to feel the first time he's got to hack one out of there you know what i mean like a wrist injury is something that is serious in golf it can end a career and i just I'm just curious as to how that's going to – and even if the wrist is fine, like how tentative does he get in that stuff, um, you, you know, and, and you're sweating that all week. I just – Yeah. I, with so I many mean, names at the top, I've, I'm like, man, I, I don't know. Like, I, Well, I think he experienced it last week too. I mean, the, the rough wasn't easy last week. It's not what we're going to see this week. But um, I think he tested it, you know, pretty well the last few – and at the Memorial, it was obviously – the rough was there was pretty bad too but he pretty much lost strokes at the memorial in every single aspect of the game but totally turned it around last week at the rbc canadian i mean he was he gained strokes off the tee approach around the green the only thing he sucked at last week was strokes gained putting which was awful on these on the poana greens but as we know that is so variable and can turn around at any time so I'm I'm not as worried about that i think he's he's going to get it dialed in so i just like you know i think he's He's going to be low-owned compared to all these, these top guys. I mean, he was in like the 12%, 13% range last week. Um, and in a field like this where there's so many guys like, you know, right around him there that, that I think are going to be a little bit higher-owned. I like Ricky, by the way. I kind of was teetering between Ricky and JT here as my third GPP play. But I'm going to go JT. I like him. As far as Cass is concerned, um, I, I just I have a hard time not throwing in Molinari. I mean, at 9000 getting a very good price for him. We know he's just solid from tee to green. Doesn't really have a whole lot of weaknesses in his game. He's he's contended in the majors, you know, definitely at the Masters and in the last few years. So I think that Molinari is just one of those solid plays in there. Has a good upset, I think, at that 9,000. Um, so I like him in cash as well. Oh, I don't know about Molinari. My fate. I mean, okay, go ahead. Well, I, I, let me say this about Molinari. I looked at him um, – and I don't know, like, he's been a little hit and miss here. You know, the, the Charles Schwab wasn't pretty. The PGA wasn't pretty. The Heritage is a tournament he should have definitely played better at. Now, I know he was coming off a pretty emotional Masters Sunday um, where he did play well. 
Um, but the players, another one that in a strong field he sucked at. Um, I don't know. I, the, the, the irons have been iffy. He's normally so dialed in with his irons. We, we saw him last at the Colonial, lost four shots. But the week before that, he gained six at the PGA. Then the last week, the, the week before that, he's basically null. The players, he lost two strokes. I, I don't know. I feel like he's been a little off lately. Um, and and he's, he's, his worst putting surface is POA by a long shot. Um, so I, I, I think I disagree on the Molinari call. Okay. Well, um, it's a good course for him. He should play well in a course your, like this. My fate is going to be Jordan at ten three. I just oh, I would, I would much. You're re- finally going to fade Jordan. Why? Tell us why. Pray tell. Because I don't like. I mean, I've the whole time he's been in this this eight k range, and you know, he's obviously bumped up because he's had what three straight top ten finishes. Um, so I know I know the game has been there, but I just I don't I don't want to pay up for him, and he's not. He's still off the tee, terrible. So he's not going to get away with that at all this week. I mean, he's 117th in the field in fairways gained. You know, he's he's 87th in strokes gained approach. Okay, so two things that I think are going to be huge this week. He's not really he's not really checking the boxes there. So I feel like whereas in tournaments like you know his last three top tens at the Memorial. Charles Schwab, and then at the PGA, which the PGA, I guess, I will give him a lot of credit for that one because I, I don't know. I did, I did, I liked his price that week, but I, I, I was surprised at the T3, so I was pleasantly surprised. But this week, I just, I don't know. I, I think, I just feel like that's just way too expensive for Jordan Spieth on a course that will absolutely destroy him if he misses these fairways and misses these greens. Now I think he's on. Here's, I think he'll putt fine on the POA. I think he'll be fine there. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm not. His putting's been fantastic. We've seen that. Yeah, uh, it's been the only. I mean, it's really been what's carried him. I mean, it, and he's played 14 or 13. I'm sorry. Uh, events since January of 2019. Okay. In only three of them, has he gained positive strokes with his irons on approach. And we both have said that's one of the most important things here at Pebble. Now, it's also important that you scramble really well because you're going to miss these small greens, which in the last three events he's done very, very well. But, like, the the putting has definitely bailed him out. Just recently, since the PGA, has he gotten back in the positive in gaining strokes off the tee. I think the percentage play is to avoid Jordan, and, and I agree with you at that price. Now that he's kind of crept up a bit, uh, I think the percentage play is definitely to avoid Jordan. Um, I, I don't, I don't like it, and I don't like the off the tee potential either. I mean, I, we know that's now it's, it's definitely been worse with the driver, and and even Jordan can hit less than driver here at times. But um, you know, here here's the deal: the the kid is magic when it comes to scrambling and putting around the greens. He just is. So you know. If he has a, another one of these, you know, magical Jordan Spieth scrambling and putting weeks, then yeah, you guys can chirp us and tell us how bad we missed it. But uh, the, I think the percentage play based on his ball striking is not good. So I agree with you there, hundred yeah. percent. By the way, I'm just Nine, I gotta gotta say it. 
because, you know, I'm not in this crowd that thinks he's an overrated player. So just want to say that. Anybody listening out there who listens to all these other podcasts who just want to bash on Jordan Speed, saying he's overrated and luck boxes and all the whatever, it's stupid. Okay? just So come at me, please, on that. But he's one of the best players in the world. So there you go. Anyway, 9K range. Let's go. Um, well, AK range. Sorry, uh, AK, AK range. Yeah, AK. This is this is tough, man. Like this is stacked. Obviously, here's what I'll say: If you're playing in a major, like a big tournament with a lot of entries, and you're just gonna pile up six guys in the AK range, you are not gonna be unique. I think that's gonna happen a ton. Gonna have some duplicate lineups there. Um, you can really make a good looking team with six guys out of this range, but you're not gonna be unique. Don't do that. Uh, you got to plant your flag on a couple of players here in this range and be done with it. Um, so do what you got to do. <sighs> this is really tough for me. I, I, I just can't. It is so hard to narrow down to two. Um, hope you guys are enjoying the U.S. Open podcast so far. Before we get to this range, guys, you know what you never leave home without? Your nutsack. And you know what? Nutsacks are your perfect bags for your everyday carry. Whatever it is you're carrying, it could be your wallet, it could be you know your laptop, glasses, flashlights, whatever it is that poke around in your pockets and you know weigh you down that you're carrying every single day. Nutsack bags are made in the USA. USA. They're high quality materials, craftsmanship, American waxed canvas, and American leather and American labor. They are strongly water resistant and they come with a lifetime guarantee and a 30-day money back guarantee if you don't enjoy it. They're rugged, durable bags that you can beat the hell out of. Me and Pat have a nutsack bag that we use to carry our MacBooks around and they're fantastic. They look great. They feel great. They're durable. They're lightweight. They're awesome. And right now, Nutsack is offering our listeners $5 off their first purchase. Look, it's just money that you could use to go buy yourself a beer, a nice little brewski. Uh, receive your $5 discount when you go to nutsack.com. That's N-U-T-S-A-C.com. N-U-T-S-A-C. Don't add the K, okay? Don't do that. N-U-T-S-A-C.com. And use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, when you check out to get your $5 off your first purchase. They've got great duffel bags, awesome bags for men that look masculine, they're leathery, and they're American-made, gosh darn it. And this is the U.S. Open, so why wouldn't we talk about nutsacks? All right, here you go. Let's get back to the picks. I have, tell you what I'll do. I'll, so one of them, you, you know, you know, you sent me a text last week that when, I, when the pricing came yeah, out I know and saw you're... Hideki at $8,800, you knew I'd be licking my chops, but for fantastic reason. I mean, the guy is lights out in every major category, opportunities gained, strokes gained approach, scrambling in the short term and the long term, bogey avoidance. Um, his weakest areas are he's like top third of this field in putting on POA and fairways gained with his driver. He's in great form um, coming off a sixth-place finish at the Memorial. I think it's a great spot for Hideki. Love the value. Play him in cash. Um, but I will unofficially take him out of my GPP picks just because I need to narrow it down to two. I'm going to go with Tommy Fleetwood. I I talked about Patrick Cantlay and a guy who hits it on the middle of the club face every single time. Tommy Fleetwood does just that. Uh, he's uh, he's he's had a little bit of a lackluster season lately, 
Um, you know, a little, a little bit underwhelming compared to what we thought Tommy Fleetwood was going to do. Obviously, saw him play well at the players, um, but hasn't really done much since then. But I like him in tournaments. I, I like the potential, you know, ownership leverage you get in Tommy. In Tommy being a coastal course, being a little bit maybe getting windy. Um, good scrambler, good ball striker. Loves to grind it out on tough golf courses. I mean, I think the winning score here is going to be like two under, maybe one under, maybe somewhere between like one and three. I like him there. Um, so I'm going to go Tommy in tournaments, and then I'm going to drop down to Kucher at 8,500. Um, he just he's just checking boxes. I knew he'd play well at the RBC Canadian, coming off the miscut at, at Memorial. Um, I, I like where he stands there. He checks every single box except for really recent. He hasn't recently hasn't done well scrambling. Uh, Stroke scan around the green hasn't been great. But everything else is tops in this field. Uh, I think Kucher, yes, he'll be chalky, but uh, I, I think you play him. But I, I also endorse Hideki in tournaments. But officially, I'm going to go Tommy and Kuch as my two 8K tournament plays. And then I'm going to go Hideki in cash. Um, and my fade is going to be Tony Finau. I... I I don't like the scrambling ability of Finau. It's not good in the short term. It's not good in the long term. Um, I just don't like Finau's up and down abilities. Um, I love him. I love him from a ball striking perspective. Although it hasn't been great. It hasn't been the Tony Finau that we were used to seeing last year. Uh, it's been hit or miss. I mean, he finished second at Colonial, but after that, missed the cut at Memorial. 64th at the PGA. 60th at the Wells Fargo. Um, I'm out on Fino. All right, well, now we've got a little more agreement going here. I'm going to go ahead and just get Fino out of the way. I'm totally with you. He was my fade for this week. Um, also, if you look at driving accuracy, he's 130th in the field there. Um, so 118th in scrambling. So just, just not I, – I don't, I don't see it for him this week. I just think this is not the course to play him on. Um with you on Hideki, he is uh, one of my GPP plays for all the reasons you said there. So, And I like Fleetwood as well. I think Fleetwood's a, a good play this week. But I'm going to go down here to Adam Scott. I like him at 8,600. Has just been playing extremely well lately. Uh, you know, pleated pants and all. The last two events at the second place finish at the Memorial, eighth place at the PGA Championship. So I just think Adam Scott is, you know, he's he's sort of, um, I don't know, he's had a little bit of a resurgence this, this year, and, and I like where he's at. So I think at 8600 that is a good price for him. Um, I would almost look at paying him in cash, but or playing him in cash, but I think the cash play is Paul Casey. And you could probably play, pay him, play him in tournaments too, but – Across the board, his stat he's like he's like Tiger when you look at his his recent stats. I mean, it's just not the worst he is is 35th in the field in scrambling over all the things I've looked at and mentioned on this show so far. So I think Paul Casey at 8300 is just it's it's a little too cheap for him. I know he had the withdrawal um, a couple weeks ago at where was it Charles Schwab, but I'm okay with that. You know, it was 29th at the PGA. Underperformed a little bit, but he was a little bit higher price then, uh, and then a T4 back at the Wells Fargo. So I think Paul Casey's just a good solid play, and I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna t have to take an extra play here because I think if there's any t 
time when he's going to finally do it, despite the Don't terrible form, the terrible form, everything else. Phil. It's Phil, yeah, at 8,200. I, I definitely <laughs> think you can, you can play him as a GPP tournament play. He's going to be low-owned. He was 5.6% owned at the Memorial, 3.6% owned at the PGA Championship. If he just pops one time, he's gonna he he can do this. He can do it. I believe in him. So I'm gonna this is the gut play. And by the way, <sighs> this is golf, okay? We've talked about this week in and week out. You just cannot predict everything. And I think I think he's I just have a good feeling about Mickelson having a having a good week. Okay. Alrighty. Bonus play. There you go. Who's your fate again? Finau. I was with you. Oh, you're with me on Finau. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I didn't know if that was your. I didn't know if that was your uh, your your formal fate, or if you were just kind of somehow agreeing. With no, me. it was my formal fate, and I, I said okay. I was going to go ahead and get it out of the way since you you had fin- that was what you finished up talking about. So it keeps everything what you said fresh in the mind of the listeners. And so what Ooh, I did there, yeah, yeah. what I did there was I just. You know, compounded upon that with who was written down as my uh, fade. Uh-huh. Okay, see how that uh-huh. works? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, since you're so chatty right now, why don't you start off the 7K range, the toughest range in here? Oh, God, this is so hard. I have a feeling. We need three tournament plays, a cash play, and two fades. All right, so I'm going pretty. I'm going pretty out there with some of these plays. I, I think there there are. A couple guys in here that could be pretty chalky. Um, actually, I'll start with the chalkiest play, who I do like as a GPP, and that is Webb Simpson. How I, can you not? I 100% agree. Yeah, there's just no, there's no reason you can't like him. I mean, this is a, it's a good course fit Perfect for him. Perfect for him. Yeah, he's in yeah. good form. I mean, everything about Webb, this tournament, this it points towards him. He's won an Open Championship before, so he's got the experience there. So he is to me just I, I don't know. Per, he's he's actually I'm, he's my ca- a cash and a GPP play. So I'm gonna go ahead and just say there. There you go. Um, all right, this is where it's gonna get a little squirrely for you folks, and uh, can't wait to hear <laughs> David's comments here. Um, but I got a couple guys that I like, and one is the guy that as long as he just starts the freaking tournament. And that's Louis Ustaisen oh. at seventy nine hundred. Oh. Oh. Like him this week. He just oh. he comes to play no. in majors, man. Twenty eighth in the field in fairways gained, sixth in strokes gained around the green. Uh, he didn't come to play at his last major. He finished sixtieth. And I'm just saying, it, typically he comes to play in majors. I'm not just going off. I mean, is is twenty ninth at the Masters him coming to play when it's a field of like eighty four people? Twenty four yeah, of which when he's, are worthless. When he's when he's twenty four of which are worthless. When he's in that seventy nine hundred, yeah, I do like that. And also, oh, if he, he comes play. to play in U.S. Opens, he's at seventy nine hundred. He's finished out of the last four U.S. Opens, he hasn't finished worse than twenty third. That's pretty good for a guy at that price. Now I know they play a yeah. different course every year, obviously, but that's being consistently right. good at a major tournament. Guess what? Was it a year ago or two years ago when Louis Tyson finished like second in every major or whatever? He had the he had the grand slam of second place finishes in majors. The guy comes to play in majors. If you want to question that, then come at well, me. That was for his career. That was for his career. That wasn't in one year. 
I'm just saying, if anybody, if do you even watch golf? Louis Oosthuizen comes in, comes to play in majors. <laughs> That's a like you can't listeners. Twitter, come at me if you think he doesn't come to play in majors. The guy does, and he's checking boxes for me. So I will gladly play some Oosthuizen. I'm not going to be up there oh, taking your God. Mark Leishmans of the world, which is going to be your pick. Your Sergio Garcias of the world, who hasn't made a cut in a major in like eight freaking events. By the way, huh. Sergio is a fade for me, and so is the other okay. Spaniard in this uh, group, and that is uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bello. I don't see it for him. I mean, everybody always loves playing him. Hasn't really been in that You love recent... playing him. You are everyone Hasn't in been in great recent form. I am talking right now, David. And so <laughs> I'm just not, not a big fan of the two Spaniards in this group, Sergio and RCB. And then, so I'm going to give you my last GPP play. Another guy I can't wait to mention because you know what? I don't go with the flow with everybody else like you do, David. And I'm going to go down here at 7,200 and give you Terrell Hatton. I like him this week. I think he is, uh, I think this is a good course for him. Um, He's checking boxes off the tee, he's checking boxes in. Fairways gained, proximity, greens and regulation. He's, I think he's a good solid play. Cheap, 7,200, so I like that. Um, what else? I think that's it. That's my plays there. Um, by the um, way, Hatton okay. has been in, you know, finished T8 at the Charles Schwab, which was another sort of shorter yeah, type Hatton's course. Yeah, good. T33 at the Memorial. So I just think he's a good good kind of cheap play. There's a lot of guys in here, by the way, when you're looking at the 7K range. I mean, and there's a there's a lot of guys, oh, too, that yeah. are, they're going to be chalky, like Jim Furyk up there right above Hatton. I mean, if you're wanting to pivot off of a chalky Furyk, look at Hatton. He, he's your guy right there. Um, you know, a guy like Kit. I mean, there's so I could sit here and name a bunch of players in here. But like you said, we got to plant flags. We're trying to win a tournament here, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. There there are a ton of good plays here. I am 100% on board with Webb. I, I, it's foolish to not play him in cash. Um, tournaments, he is going to be really chalky. We'll see We'll see what it shakes out to be. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. Um, I like... I like Ian Poulter, who has not played great in the in his last two events. Um, but if you look at the if you look at the strokes gained data, it, it's been close. It's been um, it's been real close. He he hasn't lost it by a ton. He hasn't just totally crapped the bed. But before that, he was on quite the run of of, of performance. Historically, he is a fantastic scrambler. Uh, hasn't hasn't done that really well in the last 24 rounds but um historically a really really solid scrambler fairly accurate another guy who well as you say with louis plays well in majors um can play well on tough golf courses and i think he is going to be overlooked i think everybody's happy about shane lowry right there at 7500 who's been who granted has been playing really well i think everybody's going to be itching to play brand snedeker uh who does check some boxes i'm not saying i don't like snedeker um so I think Poulter is actually an interesting pivot uh, there at $7,500. <clears throat> it's hard to avoid Hendrick Stenson now. I, I'm, I'm kind of on the Hendrick Stenson. Well, I was on Hendrick Stenson. We were both on Hendrick Stenson last week. 
Uh, but the chalk bomb uh, kind of kind of debunked that a little bit. However, he, he still had a good week. Um, I, I, I know he's going to be chalky. I just love the iron play and the iron ability for Henrik here uh, on a possibly tough course. So I'm going to Webb, Stenson, and Poulter. Um, I, I, I definitely like some of those guys in that lower in the, in the lower portion of things. I like Kevin Na a little bit. I'll just throw him out there. Uh, and I don't mind the Terrell Hatton play. So uh, with you there, my two fades are going to be Bubba. Um, don't love this place for Bubba. Don't love the, the, that it takes driver out of his hand that he loves to hit so much. Uh, don't love how he's scrambling you right now either. It's not good. Uh, don't love how he scrambled historically throughout his career. It's also not good. Um, so I'm out on Bubba, and I'm out on Martin Keimer. You know, I was out on Martin Keimer last week, and I know he played well, or was it the week before, uh, where he almost won at the Memorial. Um, but he's historically a pretty horrible chipper. Like, he, he's known to be a pretty horrible guy with a wedge in his hand around the greens. Um, I know he's a good ball striker. He hits his irons well. I'm not buying into Martin Keimer. I'm not interested in playing him, uh, given the uh, given the recent finish at the Memorial. So I'm out on him. Don't like the uh, don't like the scrambling abilities there of old Keimer. Sucks on Poa too. So I'm out on him and his glistening biceps. <laughs> so there you go. I'm with 6K you on Bubba. Range. By the way, I don't. This this is not a course for Bubba. Yeah. Um, I got a, I got a handful of guys in the six cat. I think I think there's some interesting names down here for sure. I think there's some value to be mined down here, and some guys that actually have a chance of, uh, you know, maybe do maybe giving a top ten, top fifteen. I think you're you can see that every now and then at a U.S. Open. I I don't know how many of these guys have a chance to win, um, but there's a handful of guys I like down here. I'm gonna start with Shez Reevy, the old Shesticle is uh, he loves West Coast. He plays better on West Coast, I think. Um, very accurate off the tee. Good ball striker uh, with the irons as well. <clears throat> He's played in some big events before. Um, can can kind of carry his own on the PGA Tour. 14th at the PGA Championship, which to me kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, that's, that's not really a course that would suit him all that well. Uh, now, he did putt his balls off there, but, you know, his – he he uh, he's an interesting play at 6900. I think he could be a little you know a little under the radar. Um, and then I like Eric Van Ruyen. We were on him last week. Both of us liked Van Ruyen a lot. You know, from a course fit perspective, I don't know how much he really fits this thing. Um, he hits the ball a long way. His greens and regulation numbers aren't great. He's a pretty decent putter, pretty decent scrambler. When you look at the European Tour, um, but. I just like the upside. The guys played super well this year on the European Tour and on the PJ Tour. Um, I think he's confident. I think he feels like he can compete in a field like this. So, actually, I think of, of all the guys who have, like, top five upside here, I think it's Van Ruyen. He just played the Canadian Open, finished 20th, played the PGA, finished 8th, uh, played the Open Championship last year, finished 17th. He's played well in WGCs. He's played in big events. I think Van Ruyen has uh, a very interesting top 10 upside in the 60, uh, 6K range. Um, and then finally, I'm going to give you two more guys right below him. Burned Wiesberger. I, I think you gotta, you got to feel the burn a little bit, man. The guy's coming off, um, you know, he's coming off a win just a couple weeks ago in Denmark. Uh, he's competed in a ton of majors. In fact, this will be his 20th major. So if you're thinking that 
Byrne hasn't really played in a lot of majors. He has. He's got a lot of experience. He's kind of hit or miss. He's kind of like miscut or top 20, but that's kind of what you're getting down here in the 6K range. 74, 74% green in regulation percentage on the European Tour. Byrne just finds a way to get it done. He's a good scrambler. He's a good iron player. He avoids bogeys well. Um, he, he's, just a, he's just a grinder. So I think Byrne's interesting. And then uh, finally, I'm going to go with a guy who I came on to late last week, um, very late last week, and had him in a couple of lineups, old Colin Morikawa. Um, UC Berkeley grad, former number one amateur in the world, finished 14th at the Canadian Open last week. Um, I think he's a good young talent, man, that, that a lot of people need to start start knowing his name. He's a 67 hundy, uh, played really well, really, really well at the Canadian Open, struck his ball quite nicely, gained strokes in every category, including on the putting, uh, putting surface. Um, he's just a solid player. And I, I think he's just a young kid who ain't real scared of a lot. And uh, I think he's going to come out here on the West Coast, place he's familiar with, and I think he's got an interesting upside as well at 6,700. So there you go. Wow. Throwing out some Colin Morikawa. Mm-hmm. A couple of interesting facts about him, by the way. He, uh, he is an All-American every year at Cal. And you know what? I think you know guys like Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland, who's, who's in the field, sort of overshadowed him a little bit. But um, I, yeah. I read a little blurb about him today. And, you know, he actually in his – his pro debut, so he was an amateur, but his pro debut finished second in a web.com event. That's pretty freaking incredible for your pro debut. That's tough to do. He's a Walker Cup guy. He's a, he's a talented player. Yeah, he he's is a really talented player. Very talented. Yeah. So I, I like that play. Um, with you on Chez Reeby, by the way, he was one of the guys I had written down. Um, I wrote down four guys. So Chez was one of them at 6,900. Also, the other guy that you mentioned, Eric Van Royen, I think he is definitely in play at 6,900. Um, like you said, he's he is he is a long hitter of the ball. He's 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 great off the tee, but you know, top 15 in greens and regulation and accurate. So um, I love that about him. So I think he's a good play there. Um, also, I've been on this guy just you know week in and week out, and he's played. He's he's living up to it, and that's Jason Duffner. Um, you know, he's, he's top 10 in the field in, in driving accuracy. He's uh, 21st in strokes gain approach, 7th in greens and regulation. I mean, the guy's just, he's been playing solid. So I don't, I don't really see, this is, and this is another good course for him. Um, you know, I mean, you look at his last four events, he's got one missed cut, but two top 10 finishes. He finished 4th at the Wells Fargo. He finished 7th at the Memorial in a very good field. Um, so I think Jason Duffner's definitely in play at 6,900. And the last guy I'm going to give you is Scotty Scheffler, playing extremely yeah, well on the him. web.com this year. Um, his last tour event he played was the Byron Nelson, where he made the cut and finished T35. Um, but it's just been absolutely fantastic on the web. Um, he is, he's going to be done with the web, by the way. He's, he's done with that soon. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be all PGA tour for him. He's that type of player, that type of talent, a great putter. Um, so I think that's going to serve him well this week. So I like some Scotty Scheffler again, a young kid won't be afraid of this, this atmosphere though, with the amount of experience he's got on the web.com tour. So those are uh, those are the four guys that, that I had as plays this week. By the way, I'll mention there were some additions to the field 
uh, this week, and I don't know all the names off the top of my head, but one of the guys who is a friend of the podcast and a guy we love, Joel Damon, came in at 6,700 when they put him in here. Um, I guess it was today. Was it today or yesterday when they put Joel in today, there? Today, yeah. Um, I think he's certainly – this is a good course for him. I mean, this is a, this is a great course for him. So, and he's playing well this yeah. year. So, I just – I'm a little concerned about Joel's scrambling abilities. He's, yeah, he's scrambling sucks. Off the scrambling sucks. The scrambling's but, not good, but I'm, I'm a little – so, we'll see. We'll see how it goes with Joel. Um, I hope he wins the thing. hope I'm wrong. Um I, I do want to say, too, like in terms of cash, I would not go into the 6K range on cash. I normally don't anyway, but I do think this is one of those weeks where you don't overthink it. You eat some chalk and cash. Like you said in the beginning, 6 of 6 when you've got this many players in top 60 and ties making the cut. 6 of 6 goes a long way. So I'm not really interested in dipping into cash. Um, you know, Play some chalky guys. That 7 and 8K range is your friend if you want to play 9K and get up into Cantlay range at 10,000. I think you do that, but there's nobody in the 6K range. I feel like I would I would do cash for a top 60 and tie event. So, um, cool. All right, uh, one and done, Pat. I um, I've been on a little bit of a roll. I mean, I had Cantlay when he won. I had Kucher last week. Um, finished fourth. I'm getting a little better. You're still way ahead of me. Uh, a guy I haven't used, and I I didn't talk about in DFS, but only because of the price, and I just got to pick one guy in the top four. I actually have not used Brooks yet, so I'm going to use Brooks as my one-and-done play um, for this week. Oh, wow. Um, I like that play, actually, and I haven't played him either, but I'm not going to do the same thing because I think we did the same pick for the, for the, uh, for the last major. So I'm going to go with... I'm just gonna go with DJ. Okay. I know he's gonna be popular yeah, this week. Pretty. It's a big. It's a big. Yeah. It's a big one. A lot of money. I like it. Um, let's talk a little bit about some sports betting picks that we like, courtesy of our friends over at MyBookie.ag. We've got some odds. I got some outright guys I like. I got a couple top ten names that I think I need to give you. Uh, I'm looking at some matchups that I think are interesting. I wanted to pick your brain about a couple of matchups here, Pat. Um, but, of course, if you're not already a member at mybookie.ag, you need to join. You can sign up using promo code TOURJUNKIES uh, when you sign up if you're a new member and you got to deposit at least $50 to take advantage of the 50% deposit bonus when you use promo code TOURJUNKIES on mybookie.ag. Now, here's the deal. The, the Tour Junkies promo code does get you the bonus. If you would like to waive the bonus because you don't want to mess with the rollover requirements, no problemo. Just chat in and tell them you'd like to waive the rollover requirements. Here's what the promo code will get you. It will get you top-notch customer service. We can tell you that. Uh, we've been working with MyBookie for a couple years now. They've always treated us and our listeners very well. We've got uh, over 500 listeners on MyBookie under our promo code uh, and every single one of them have been, uh, you know, taken care of. We, we've, there's been a few issues along the way, of course, as there always are, but they've always been worked out, and everybody's left satisfied. So if you want to bet online, mybookie.ag, promo code TOURJUNKIES, that's where the odds are coming from. Um, Pat, here are my outright odds 
uh, of, of guys I like that I'm going to play. Now, you know me. You know I love the long shots. However, this week I went a little shorter odds because I do think I do think Pebble's going to bring out the studs. So when I looked at outright winners, I just couldn't bring myself to bet the super long shots like I normally do. So I started at 33-1 to 1 with Tommy Fleetwood. I mentioned him already. Uh, then I went to Hideki at 35 to 1. I just I think that's a fantastic number at 35 to 1. I went to Matt Kuchar at 50 to 1 along with Webb at 50 to 1, which is criminal. Both of those numbers super super solid numbers there with Webb and Kuch. And then my longest shots outright winners both at 125 to 1, Ian Poulter, who I've already talked about. And then, you know, I didn't talk about him. I'm not going to play him in DFS, but he, he has told us on the podcast that this is a good course for him. He's an accurate player. He's a gritty guy that can play on tough courses. He's a good scrambler, and that's Kevin Kisner at 125-1. to I want to have a little bit of exposure to old Kiz. So those are my outright bets. I yeah, um, and I'm with you there too on kids. And yeah, sometimes too. I mean, we we've talked about it before, but when I, I I'm not gonna be maybe all in on a guy when it comes to my DFS lineups. I, I do like to to play somebody, um, you know, just with a with a few bets here on my bookie. So I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I like that kids play at 125 to one. Another one who I am in, I talked about on DFS, uh, or is you know, is Louis Eustace, and I like him at 90 to one. Um, shorter odds for me, though, I, I think JT at 30-1 to 1 is a very good number for, for a guy like JT. I think that's a, that's a good number. Um, I'm also I'm kind of intrigued with Jason Day at 33-1 to 1 because I, haven't men- I didn't mention him at all, but I just he has played well here before at Pebble. Um, I don't know. He's, he's, I'm probably going to get suckered into making that play, but – I don't know if outside of like kids at one twenty five to one, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna go. Okay. Actually, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. Okay. Brandon get Grace at one hundred and sixty to one. Keep an eye out. Ugh, gross. He sucks. He cannot win a major. He hitting it over the railroad tracks at Chambers Bay, <laughs> screwing the <laughs> totally pooch. different course. I, I, yeah, but I mean, he just I don't I, I don't I don't like I don't like Grace here. He's been terrible lately. He's been terrible. Um, I do have a couple other interesting bets. I've got two top ten bets that I think are interesting. My bookie's got a ton of offerings uh, this week since it's a major. Um, let's see what do we what do we got here? Let me pull it up. Um, yeah, I've got obviously outright odds to win. We got tournament matchups, uh, top fives, top tens, top twenties, first round leaders, first round top fives, top tens, and top twenties. You've got three balls for the uh, the tee times that have come out. You've got group bets, props, um, top players by region, so top South African, top American, all that stuff. Uh, they've got fantastic bets, a lot of bets on offer this week at mybookie.ag. But a couple of guys I like for top tens. Not guys I think can win, but I do think could pop in uh, in this U.S. Open. One of them at 25-1 to 1 is Colin Morikawa, who I've already talked about, just Young, aggressive, hungry, talented player in a field like this, uh, you know, near his hometown. You know, I, I just I think that's an interesting number at twenty-five to one. 
And then at 40 to 1, a guy who's been playing pretty good. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but he's been playing pretty good. Brian Stewart has been doing okay for himself. He is 8th in fairways gained, 11th in strokes gained approach, uh, 40th in strokes gained around the green. I mean, all in the last 24 rounds, which is pretty good for a guy at 40 to 1 to top 10. He puts okay on POA. Uh, Brian Stewart's been been doing his been doing a damn thing here lately. So I think he's uh, he's an interesting guy for uh, for a top ten bet as well. Okay. Uh, I do have a couple matchups. You, you have any other bets or? No, I mean I think I like throwing out some first round leader bets. I think you know you get a guy like Webb at fifty to one. And I think is is a pretty good good odds there. Um, You've got um, God. Who was it? That I was just looking. I at? just don't like committing to. I don't. I, I get it. I just don't like committing to first round leader bets before we get a good read on the weather. And it's Monday night. We're recording this. Like so much is going to change. I mean, I get that. Like Web is Web, and the number is the number right now. But we know that a lot of times, you know, the numbers can, you know. When you get the tea time waves coming out, a lot of things can change. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think that's a pretty good number for him. Um, I have a couple matchups I want to ask you about. So there's some tournament matchups here. First of all, I'm, I'm kind of, and and I, I guess I know what side of this you're going to be on because we talked about Rory, but I'm very interested in taking plus numbers of studs against Rory at this course. Uh, for example, Brooks Kepka is plus 120. Patrick Cantlay is plus 130. Tiger is plus 145. Um, all in the, you know, in, in the tournament matchups against Rory. And I, I'm, I'm a fan of those numbers. Uh, when, when you give me plus numbers with those kind of studs against Rory when I just – I don't know, man. I, I think it's an overreaction to the performance at the RBC Canadian, which was just, you know, I mean, it was great, but it wasn't super great. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Tiger at plus 145 on Rory right now? I, I just think that's a that's a really nice value for him. I don't mind that one, but there's some other ones I'm not really sure I would go in on. Brooks as, as a dog to Rory? Plus one twenty. Yeah, I don't know about the that only one. one you don't like is Cantlay. Yeah, the only one you don't, I don't like, like is Cantlay. Cantlay. I don't can't. I'm not. I'm not on board with that one. As 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 a uh, yeah. Um. Ian Poulter, uh, slight favorite, but a favorite uh, over Bubba Watson at minus one hundred five. I like that number. I feel very confident that Poults kind of bounces back after the two not-so-great performances. This is, of course, better suited for him than Bubba. Uh, so that matchup kind of stuck out to me. Uh, your boy, Terrell Hatton, who you mentioned, uh, as basically even money against Jimmy Walker. Um, I like Terrell Hatton in that matchup, so I kind of I, I picked him out. Um, yeah. Webb Simpson uh, as a major favorite against Tony Finau. But I, I know it's a bold call, but I think I'll take it. I think I'll take it. He's minus 145 over Finau. Um, I'll jump on that. Any thoughts on those? 
not not really. <laughs> what about Hideki straight up on Jason Day? Who do you take, Hideki or Day? I'd probably take Hideki. Another yeah, I one so I like, too, I is, is Stinson straight up on Gary Woodland. I'll take Stinson on that. Oh, uh, yeah. I like Stinson there, too. Um, Brian Stewart is plus 100 over K.H. Lee. Now, I know K.H. Lee's kind of made some waves, but he withdrew last week. We don't. I mean, I think he just withdrew because he got to the Open. But um, Stewart, like I, I just rattled off a little Brian Stewart number. It's not, it's not too shabby. Yeah. Um, Another one I, I like too is 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 um, and and now the odds aren't quite as good, but Kevin Na over Bubba Watson. I feel like that's just like a. I just don't see Bubba even threatening this course, trying to make a cut, and Kevin Na can. Yeah. That's a good course for him. Okay, I don't mind that either. Nice. All right, those are the picks. Those are the picks. It's uh, it's going to be a great week, Pat. Let's get to the chunk and run and button this bad boy up. Uh, in the chunk portion of tonight's podcast, we have describe the best shot and the worst shot of your partner's member guest week. We, we played in the member guest. We talked about that. What was my best shot and what was my worst shot of the week, Pat? Can, oh, do you remember? Gosh, I don't know if I remember. I've been thinking about this today. I will say this. I will couple. I will put your best shots in together, and it is the the two iron that you hit off the tee, and 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 it was oh. multiple occasions. And the reason is because I can't even imagine be, being able to hit a two iron off the tee like you can. <laughs> it's like I don't even. I would even try it. So I think it's just that two iron. In most cases, I don't. I think you hit maybe hit one bad shot with that thing off the tee. So that one, I will put there. Yeah, I did. I'll kind of put that up there as as my favorite shots. I don't remember you hitting one like really close or anything. I feel like against Mark Melton though, you might have had a dropped a birdie on them, but I, I could be wrong. Um, the worst shots, I'm going to put the the drive off the tee on our last hole against the winners of our flight oh, where you basically yeah. were out of the hole because you just sprayed it straight right and then you reteed and you lost that one I think left yeah um, snap hooked that one left which yeah. this hole also has what I think maybe not a, it was my worst shot but a very pivotal pivotal whatever bad shot oh. on this hole <laughs> I don't know if you're going to pick that one but um uh. So there you go. That was it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, my, my, my two-iron utility club is, is definitely a weapon. I don't know why, but I just it just feels good in my hands. I agree. Uh, I think that was I think that was my, my, I think that was my best club all, all, all week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that, that, drive, that drive was not good uh, in a moment where we really needed it. Um, I think your best shot was um, definitely the putt that you made. Uh, I'm going to kind of, you know, we talk about putting is variable, right? We talk about how it can come and go. And with with our games, it can come and go with every putt, mm-hmm. you know? With a lot of PGA Tour players, it comes and goes with every week or maybe every round. With us, it comes and goes every with every putt. It could be here one minute and... You know, gone the next. Uh, for Pat, it was definitely on a hole where you had probably, what do you think, 70 feet, 75 feet? Yeah. Uh, uphill to a ridge, then downhill to a pin that broke probably 12 feet uh, left to right, which I hate as a right-handed putter. 
and you buried it from 70 feet for birdie in the face of our competitors, and they were not happy. Yeah, that, that was, was one of the best putts I've ever seen. Honestly, um, that was a really that was a really strong putt. Do you do you remember though? Because that putt sort of overshadowed the shot that I hit to get to that 70 feet. Do you remember being? I, don't, I was don't. in the left woods and I hit that draw four iron to the green for that putt. You remember that? Because you were like, "There's no way you can draw the ball. How can you not forget that shot?" Yeah, but I thought you did that on the next round. You didn't do that. That wasn't the same time you made that putt. I thought it was after making that putt. No, it or wasn't. before making. I remember that shot. Yeah, yeah, I remember that shot. Um, your worst shot came on the same match. Uh, very same match, and it was um, it was a mat. It was a putt to win. The, oh gosh! It was, a, yeah. it was a putt to win the hole, and it was literally five feet. Uh, it was sh- straight uphill. It was as straight as a as it was straight. It was very very straight. Um, and right before you hit it, I said, hey, don't leave it short. You know, let's bang it in there and let's go. And you left it three revolutions <laughs> it was short, so short. Of, the, of the center of the hole on fast greens, uh, which is hard to do. It, like was, you, it was uphill. But it's it was... really hard to do. And that cost us a winning point of the match. And that really, that really, that one really, that one burned me. That one burned me a little bit. Um, so your putter was both good and bad. Um, that was that was what that was. Yeah, but there were <sighs> like, let's not insinuate that there was one shot that cost us the whole thing because we could we could no there if was. we're gonna if we're gonna there do was. that then we can sit there here was. for a while and talk about other ones. That but you... that 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 was probably the easiest shot, the easiest point that we left out there was that little uphill five footer that you just bang in the center. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You just, but again, like you didn't leave it on the lip. It wasn't like hanging on the lip or like one revolution shot. No, it was it bad. It was like I, I don't know if I felt like I had like a. Something I don't know what happened. I I wish I had an excuse because I really don't like. Typically, and you watch me putt. You watch me putt all weekend. I was not leaving a whole lot of putt short. <laughs> no, you weren't. I mean, you weren't. Anyway, mm, okay. Uh, so the chunk and run portion that we're doing right now comes at the end of every podcast, where the chunk we talk about one thing golf related that is not betting on the PGA Tour or any of that which we just did, and then the run portion is about anything else. And our, we, we ask listeners to submit these questions. So if you have not submitted a Chunk and Run question, please do so. It only helps make the content that much better. You can email us, info at tourjunkies.com. That's info at tourjunkies.com. Send us your Chunk and Run question. Make it fun. Make it interesting. Make it clever. Make it uh, appropriate. Uh, or maybe not. We will filter those out. So, uh, yeah, this is a good one. I like this one a lot. Pat, um, you've got a gun pointed at your head right now, okay? And you have to recite the words to one song without missing a single word. What song are you reciting? You cannot miss a single word. What song are you reciting? Oh, man. Um... I gotta believe this is pretty hard for you because I had an ins- I had an Instagram story about this, and I, I think I put it on Twitter too. 
See, I feel Pat like the, is I feel like the, a horrible lyrics person. No, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at that. But see, if you're if you're smart and you're going with the gun to the head, I think you got to do something like "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" or the, oh please, or that's like a the star or the Star Spangled Banner. That's that's a something people are going to remember. See, I mean, if a guns can you hit the Star Spangled Banner at every? Uh, you can hit every word of the Star Spangled Banner. I feel like I could, yeah. Why don't you try it? No, I'm not singing on the podcast right now. We got we got too much to go. Well, some people have said you don't have a bad voice. Why not? I don't feel like singing right now. I really don't. <laughs> Are you serious? That's your answer? You're going to cop out with the Star Spangled Banner and Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? What else would I go with? I believe it because you're terrible at lyrics. I don't, the, I'm not the, like you. I'm not a music person. I don't like... I don't... But some people have said you don't sing bad. And I was also like, seriously, growing up, I never lyric like you said it. I, I don't. I just like the tunes and listening to them or whatever. But I'm not singing them. I mean, I'm singing some of them. But <laughs> my favorite part of our Insta story, one of my favorite parts of our Insta stories, is singing "Hold My Hand" by Hootie and the Blowfish, and the part where it says, "I got a hand for you." Pat, Pat sings louder than the microphone. <laughs> I got a hand on me. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, other than Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and those, those, those pansy cop-out songs that you just See, said. See, this is like a setup for you, too, because then you get to like say, all right, I'm going to go with... Uh, What's that dude you always sing? You know, like every single word uh, starts with an M. Macklemore? Macklemore. Yeah, I know a lot of Macklemore, but I don't know every single word. Like, I would miss a couple of words. I know, like, I know, like, really good runs of Macklemore songs. Um, but I don't know every single. I, I, I really made myself stick to every single word without missing a word. And that's hard to do on any rap song. Like, that's that's really hard. I know a lot of rap songs, and I know them really well. Or I could maybe make you think that I know every single word, but I don't. So I, I went the country route. And a country singer that I'm a big fan of is Luke Combs. I like Luke Combs a lot. And he has a song called When It Rains It Pours. And I think I could sing that one. It's, a, you know, it's, it's country, so you can kind of more understand every word. At least I can, being from Georgia. Maybe some people can't. Uh, but I, I can I could nail Luke Combs um, when it rains it pours. You know that song? I don't. But you you keep introducing me some, to some good country songs lately. So. It's some good country. Some good country. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna make you sing it, nor am I gonna make okay. the listeners have to hear it. But I believe that you could do it. Well, that's what I could do. So maybe you guys tweet us. What song would you sing if uh, you know if if you uh, if you had a gun to your head? What song would you sing? Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate it. We're here every single week breaking down all the events of the PGA Tour. Uh, It's going to be a fantastic week. I'm excited about the U.S. Open. Um, It's just going to be so much fun. I love it. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. May your screens be green. May your betting tickets be awesome. All right? And uh, we'll be back next week. See ya!